0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zuma Radio. Welcome back.
1: Now it's time to talk Timmy's. Tim Hortons has been an iconic Canadian brand. It evokes hockey, small towns, community, all things warm and fuzzy. But a few years ago, it was bought by a big Brazilian private equity fund, and then it merged with Burger King. So it's like a big multinational corporation. And the company has recently come under fire for a number of things. First, remember that some of the franchisees in response to the increase in minimum wage in Ontario announced that, hey, they were cutting benefits. That didn't go over very well. Well, now the corporation, RBI, Restaurant Brands International, is refusing to renew the license of a longtime franchisee who is leading the charge to launch a class action suit on behalf of other franchisees. Uh, They claim the company misused advertising funds. They are fighting against cost-cutting, which they say is hurting the brand. Some people don't like uh, renovations uh, that the parent company is insisting on, which will cost about $450,000 per franchisee. In the midst of all of this... um, Apparently, Tim Hortons is falling out of favor with Canadians. It has plummeted 25 points, dropping more than 20, 40 spots. Excuse me, in 2017, in an annual corporate ranking, and that it is now it has gone from sorry fourth place to 50th on the ranking of 100 can- companies that Canadians most admire. And that study was conducted by Leger and National Public Relations. So what do you think of Tim's and has your opinion changed? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 4740 And to talk about this, we have Jeffrey Hoffman who is a partner with Dale and Lessman LLP and Shannon Davidson who is a Senior Vice President of Marketing at National Public Relations. Welcome to you both.
2: Nice to be here. Good afternoon, Libby.
1: Okay, Jeffrey, uh, why don't you explain to us, um, so this franchisee was told that he better get out when his agreement ends, and uh, I'm thinking the, the company probably has perfect right to do that.
2: Generally speaking, that's correct. If you have a franchise agreement that has a fixed term, say 10 years, and you don't have any rights of renewal in that agreement then when it comes to an end it comes to an end you can't accuse the company of breaching the duty of fair dealing or good faith because you can't because they're not they're choosing not to grant you a fresh term there's a little bit of an, a wrinkle in this particular case it doesn't necessarily end with an examination of the franchise agreement because when you're a participant in a franchise system and particularly when you're a participant in a class-action lawsuit, you have certain rights. Under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, you have the freedom of association. Under the Franchise Statute in Ontario, you also have a right to associate, and the franchisor, in this case Tim Hortons, is not allowed to interfere with that right or act in a way that's considered to be reprisal, and if tim hortons in this case or any other franchisee interferes with that right the franchisee has a right of action in damages so all these cases turn on their facts we don't have all the facts here but generally speaking there isn't a right to renew beyond a term if there had been additional uh, renewal terms or extensions in the in the original agreement, then the franchisee could take the position well, you have to have good reason not to renew me, or you're breaching the duty of fair dealing and choosing not to renew me
1: uh, okay um, i i don't know I don't think that the the class action uh, lawsuit has been certified. Does that matter
2: well there's this existing right of association in the charter and in, this, in the franchise statute, separate and apart from the Class Proceedings Act, if the class proceeding was underway in the sense that the claim has been issued and was either seeking certification or had been certified, then that Class Proceedings Act judge, that class action judge, has a right to control the process to ensure that it's fair Uh, to impose such terms as it considers appropriate and to uh, make orders that govern the behavior of the parties if they are disregarding uh, the rights of the parties during the course of the lawsuit. But that's a separate issue.
1: Okay. Uh, Shannon, does any of this matter in the court of public opinion? Uh, Your survey shows a precipitous drop in what people think of this brand. Um, You know, in terms of the... the current issue,
3: I'll speak to that separately, but in terms of the actual survey, um, apparently things like this really do matter and and you know when you actually get inside the survey and you look at in the restaurant category even, the two number one drivers behind why uh, what drives corporate reputation, specifically in the restaurant category, the two by a long shot were honesty and transparency, Quality of products and services, and when this study was actually conducted, it was right at the time that Tim Hortons was falling, uh, you know, right into the challenge of the minimum wage story in Ontario with some of its franchisees and the cutting of some of their benefits and to their employees, etc. So you've got this sort of maelstrom of. Um, these challenges with franchisees and their position, and trying to make their point about minimum wage and how it's affecting them, and how, it, and then there's how the employees can be affected at that time, and then we're going asking people, what do you, you know, how do you, what are the companies you admire most, and when the two biggest drivers are honesty and transparency, um, and quality of product and services, um, it was a bit of a perfect storm.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, my question is that in general, uh, couldn't part of this be that you know it started it was started by a hockey hero. It evokes all of these community things. It usually helps out in the in the community, and it, it is now something so very different. It's this you know multinational that it, it's just so at odds with what it really is. Well, I think that you know you make a really good point. Tim
3: Hortons and and you know. When we're passionate about something, um, we react to it in a stronger way as well. You know, who do we get angrier with? Usually we get angrier with the people we're closest to because we expect more. And in the case of Tim Hortons, they're a brand that Canadians don't just think of as the coffee, you know, retailer. Tim Hortons is something that they associate with being Canadian, even whether you go to Tim Hortons or not, it's sort of intrinsically woven into the fabric of our co- country. It's a brand that people associate their Canadian identity with to a certain degree. And so when Tim Hortons is in a situation that seems quite unCanadian, people take that very personally. And they're going to punish them a little harder, than they might punish a brand that they don't see that way.
2: Libby, if so I might, intrinsically Go to ahead, sure. there's a very interesting parallel between how the brand is viewed publicly and the internal relationships between the franchisees and Tim Hortons, because the, the relationship is based, the relationship of the store operators is also based in good faith and trust honesty and transparency. And where you see a large takeover, as we have here, and there may be a breakdown in the communication between the parties, and then that leads to a breakdown in trust and a breakdown in the relationship. And then that breakdown in the relationship becomes public through court action. And then the public's perception of the company changes because they say, hey, wait a minute, the company's not treating its store owners correctly or store aren't treating their employees correctly. And so they're all interconnected.
1: Okay, let's I, uh,
3: I think that's really valid when you look at Sears too. Because Sears took the biggest hit of all. But Sears also went out of business in Canada. But the the primary reason why we think they took the the hit they took, which was massive, was because of the way they treated their employees on their way out.
1: Hmm. Let's take a couple of calls uh, before we go to break. Uh, William in Toronto. Hi, William.
4: Hello, Lib. Um, I'm a long-time uh, Tim Hortons customer, way back since
1: 1972.
4: Okay. And uh, I'm not happy with what's going on here whatsoever because RBI understands nothing about a Canadian company that was built for Canadians. It took a lot of time to get everything just right. And now RBI is ruining the whole thing with their concept of what they think a successful franchise should be. So if it doesn't need fixing, you should not fix it. And uh, the customer is always right. And if you get the customer angry enough, they go away. And once the customer goes away, they never come back. Have you gone away? Uh, I'm in the process of going away. As I said before when I called, uh, old habits are hard to break, so I'm getting there.
1: Okay, you're 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 withdrawing gradually from Timmy's. Yes. Okay, Gerald in Aurora. Hi, Gerald.
4: Yes, I agree with the same way. I, I'm slowly going away, too. It's sad what they're doing to the employees, eh? It's really sad.
1: Yeah, it's not going to help the employees if you don't uh, patronize the place.
4: Yeah, but they don't really want to take a tip. The employees are not allowed to take tips. I know. It's sad, you know? But hopefully they'll smarten up anyways. Okay. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks, Gerald. I enjoy your show.
1: Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Uh, we've got to take a quick break, but we will be back with more on what is happening at Tim Hortons. We want to hear from you. We've got two very interesting people to talk to about it. Before we go to break, the numbers 416 toll free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be right back.
0: Right back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We are talking about Tim Hortons and what's going on there. And uh, we've just learned that they are barring a longtime franchisee from renewing his franchise. This is a guy who is spearheading what he hopes will be a class action suit against the multinational corporation. Uh, We're talking to franchise lawyer Jeffrey Hoffman, who says, whoa, wait a minute, Uh, they may not have a legal right to do that, even though uh, he has a franchise agreement that only runs until August. We also have uh, Shannon Davidson, senior vice president of marketing at National Public Relations. They were involved in a survey of most admired Canadian companies. And boy, this is a steep decline that tim hortons is having and um, we just heard from two customers who both say well uh, they they can't go cold turkey on timmy's but uh, they're starting to cut back shannon does that surprise you no it, it doesn't and it, it's unfortunate
3: i mean it, here's the thing you know that what both of those callers mentioned is you don't treat your people that way and i think that what we're, we're looking at with tim's And it can, you know, here's the reality. It can happen to any brand. And I mentioned Sears earlier is people can relate to this discussion around their employees and their franchisees. Franchisees are the gatekeepers to consumers. They are the front line. They are the ones generating the profits that feed the bigger machine. And um, they are the community. They are the ones that are, you know, working with the local uh, little kids hockey teams to put Tim Bitts. on the ice etc so you know these are personal relationships and these are these are what consumers relate to because you know it's even surprising to me that one of the callers identified rbi by name yeah i mean consumers shouldn't have to know who rbi is
1: that's all they should
3: just need to know where they go to get their coffee and you know um the person behind the counter is someone they see each day and like they shouldn't have to worry about who RBI
2: is.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, uh, Jeffrey, does it surprise you?
2: No, not at all. Um, You know, uh, Tim Horton's got a bit of a bum rap on this whole um, minimum wage issue because, you know, technically under the franchise agreements, it's the store owner. A franchisee that's responsible for its employee relations and complying with the law, and you know what happened here is, uh, you know, one of the stores in particular was owned by, you know, family members associated with the Tim horton name, and so um, th- that became a very negative, uh, had a very negative impact on the brand. Um, but the public don't see it that way. They don't see the separation be- or the distinction between the head office and the store owner. They just look at the brand and say, "Guys, you're not getting it right." You know, do something, talk to each other, Um, organize yourselves better, plan for this change better. And when they didn't see that happening, it reflected poorly on the brand. So I don't, I don't, uh, I can see why the public has this perception.
1: Uh, you know, franchise owners, uh, s- some people describe some of those franchises as kind of a license to print money. Uh, but uh, do you think that these uh, kind of uh, rebellious franchise owners, are are they going to be like the little guy fighting the big bad corporation? Is that how it's going to play out in public opinion, Shannon? Um, it,
3: yes, it very well could. I mean, again, um, you know, Tim Horton's, the larger company, you know, like Jeffrey pointed out, the issues on the minimum wage, they were from a a few franchisees in Ontario that went national, right? And all of a sudden that's a national problem for Tim Hortons. But I think to the point Jeffrey also made, it's about having a plan ahead of time to avoid these things from happening.
1: Yeah. um, Let's take a, a couple more calls. We've got Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill.
4: Hi. Well, first thing is, uh, Tim Horton's quality has gone down over the last 10 years dramatically. It's They used to they, to cook the donuts on site, whatever. So that's one issue. And the other issue is, you know, as far as their employees and the way they pay them, it's their business. They've got a certain amount of money to dole out. How they do it is their business. It has nothing to do with me.
1: So, uh, but are, are you not going back because uh, the donuts aren't as good or do you still go or what?
4: You know what? Actually, I got a gallbladder thing, and I can't drink coffee anymore, so I don't, don't even bother with it. But I'll tell you what, the stock that I had in uh, Timmy's is gone.
1: Okay, thanks for that. Uh, let's go to Jim in Hanover. Hi, Jim.
4: Hi. Hey. Well, it looks like the Liberals' government caused another problem, didn't they? Because uh, this is all their fault. Oh, really? They're raising the rates too much, too soon, and not giving people a chance to adjust. Not just Tim Hortons, but everybody. I mean, they're the real problem of all this. If she'd have turned around and started at the beginning of a mandate and increased it gradually, there's no problem. But no, she wants to slam it all in and everybody squawked about it, but she didn't listen. Said it's going through, everybody's getting a big raise. And it's not just Tim Hortons.
1: Okay, the well.
4: Service. I don't go there anyway. You but don't the, go there, the okay. Your business is to have that kind of a raise and then promise another dollar next year? Come on.
1: Okay, Jim, thanks for that. You? Okay. Uh, it's Kathleen Wynn's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so what is uh, the upshot? I mean, it's interesting to me that, that people are so aware of it. It's uh, When this is a story that's basically in the business sections of newspapers, if, if we can put it that way, uh, uh, Shannon, I, I mean, I think it will continue to make headlines. What do you think? I think it will. And, you know, again... I do believe
3: because of the Canadian, you know, the sort of heart of Canada association that people have to this brand, that they're watching it closer and they're going to be harder on it. Um, and because there are only a select few brands in this country that qualify as the iconic sort of part of the Canadian fabric. And Tim Hortons is one of them. I mean, the good news in this is is that what the – Reputation study also showed is that Canadians also are forgiving, meaning uh, that if you know if you turn things around and you get everything back on track, they'll come back and 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 they'll you know the, the admiration marks will go up. Good examples of that are Volkswagen and Samsung, both of them faced big challenges uh, about two years ago. Volkswagen with the emissions issue, and Samsung with the uh, exploding phones, and. You know, they saw big drops those years, but they're back up to their pre-challenge rates again. Um, so, again, you know, they, they got product back on track. They dealt with the issues that were at play. They faced up to, to the situation,
1: and, you know, they still maintain incredible brand support. Okay, Jeffrey, do you think there's a chance that this will kind of be settled and, and everybody will make nice, or is it going to be a dragged-out, long, drawn-out battle?
2: Well, most lawsuits do settle, and class actions in particular uh, but this is about, this, this coming action is a, the third wave. Uh, the first wave was over the lunch menu and the in-store baking. The franchisees lost that fight. Uh, Tim Hortons acted in good faith, and they planned it out over a long period of time, and they took the advice of their franchisees who were sitting on a council. Uh, the second lawsuit launched in June of last year for about a, a billion three was over Tim Hortons' misuse or alleged misuse of the advertising fund. So that's going to be a number cruncher. We'll just have to see how that one pans out. And then this latest lawsuit, the one that's planned, I don't think it's been issued yet, is over their treatment of franchisees and interfering or alleged, allegedly interfering with their right to associate. And I think if Tim Hortons goes back to what it was doing when it planned the uh, lunch menu and in-store baking rollout and sits, sits down with its franchisees and, and works collaboratively with them, uh, I think this can be resolved.
1: Okay, well, that's an interesting take, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this before things do settle out. Thank you so much to Franchise Lawyer Jeffrey Hoffman, a partner at Dale & Lessman, and Shannon Davidson, Senior Vice President of Marketing at National Public Relations. Thank you both. Thank you. you. Okay, and that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news.